What radio? The music you want. We'll ask out your ugly sister, and then we won't show up for the date. Radio what? Dot com. What radio? The music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Would you like a cup of coffee? What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, DJLittleRock.com, DJLittleRock.com. It's the place that you go when you need some entertainment. Video dance parties and karaoke jams are my specialty. Weddings, oh yeah, they're my specialty. You know what I reminded myself just now of? Uh, Bill Paxton. I remember he was in, oh, Predator 2. If you check out his character, one of the things that he did was ever whenever they sent him out on assignment, whatever it might be, it was he would tag it with, oh yeah, that's my specialty. Hey, I need some surveillance on that character over there. Oh yeah, surveillance is my specialty. So, yes. Weddings, events, video dance parties, karaoke jams. I like to entertain the people. Let me play for you. Let me entertain you. Let me be the guy behind the ones and twos. Yeah, I actually still have ones and twos. The digital wheels of steel. I have the the turntables that, uh, well, they're steel turntables. I have my pioneers that I use to control the MP3s and flow them seamlessly from song to song. I can even match, uh, beat match and you know, like I used to do with my uh, my Technique 1200s. And if you're a DJ or you've ever been around DJs, you know that Technique 1200s were and probably always will be the standard, the industry standard. I miss my Techniques. But I got my Pioneer DDJs and uh, they do very well. So enough of that technical jargon. Before I get way too ahead of myself, today on the program, Ethan Bailey, young man of the world. The future belongs to you, Ethan Bailey. He is uh, into some cool stuff. Yeah, you know, I met up with him and, and rode around with him for a little bit. And we uh, we met up over at the, the Hardee's in uh, Russellville, Arkansas, and had a, had some lunch and did a little podcast. And he talked about some interesting stuff. So uh, let's, uh, let's find out more about Ethan Bailey. Uh, this week's shows, if you're listening to the podcast as soon as I put it out, uh, this Saturday, Saturday, I'll be at the CosCon in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, at the just by right by the airport, as far as I know. I think it's by the airport. It's uh, CosCon and CosProm. So during the day, from 10 till about 4, maybe even 6, 10, till 10 until sometime in the afternoon to the early evening, it's a CosCon. So it's a, a Comic-Con of sorts, but but it's primarily uh, featured or focusing on cosplay. So if you're really into cosplay, which I'm, I don't know if I can't, I'm into cosplay. I, I'm in the cosplay. I have original characters that I create from time to time, but I appreciate the cosplayers, all the effort that they put into to putting these outfits together. And some of them are just as good or even better. Sometimes they reimagine the characters that are from the movies and the comic books and they become those characters and when you see them you see them uh, if, if you ever see a cosplayer that's not in cosplay they're one way you know probably still nice people but when they get into that cosplay they become that character you know you put that wonder woman outfit on and 
Yes, you are from Themyscira, and you can beat any man in combat. Yes, and you, you put on that, that uh, Aquaman outfit, and you could swim in the sea and talk to the fishies. Yeah, I know. Aquaman does way more than just talk to fish. <laughs> I think growing up, I remember that. I remember that Aquaman was always the, the one that they made fun of in the Super Friends. Uh, so what's your power? Uh, you talk to fish? Yeah, here on the land, we just, I don't think we're going to need you. Go ahead and uh, do the backstroke there, Aquaman. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel for him. I feel for him. But uh, I think the new Aquaman, the movies, have uh, have changed all that for the better. Aquaman is so much more. And, and from what I understand, even in the comic books, his trident that he carried was magical or magical enough to where it pierced Superman's skin. So he's got that going for him. Got good weapons, piercing the Man of Steel. Man, I don't know why I'm going on a tangent. So, uh, yeah, the CosCon. So excited about that. And then in the evening, I'll be DJing at the Cos Prom. So, CosCon turns into Cos Prom. I'll be playing all your favorite hits. I'll be playing some stuff that that you may not have heard of. Uh, You know, there's you can ask for pretty much anything you want. If it's out there, I pretty much got it. You know, as long as I have internet, I'll buy it for you right there and and play it for you. And the people, uh, you know, I know at the last coscon we had not just the pop hits that you'd hear on typical radio stations even the classic rock and and the uh you know the dance songs that that people hear on the top 40 but uh even beyond that they were li- they were asking for a lot of a lot of k-pop there was a lot of that a lot of remixes of of superhero movie themes dance remixes uh, yes i had such a blast last year at the cos prom and i'm looking forward to this saturday july 27th the cos Cos Con and the Cos Prom. Thank you to all, especially Christine Higgins that uh, put helped. Really, she masterminded this. Uh, I know she's had some help from quite confronted uh, quite a few people uh, throughout the Little Rock, Arkansas area and in, in the Central Arkansas area. But uh, yeah, I think Christine Higgins. She's pretty much the the mastermind of all this. It's her brainchild, so you got to give her the credit. So uh, I think I've talked a lot long enough in this intro. This is probably the longest intro I've had. <laughs> I just I started talking about superheroes and i geeked out a little bit i i think i i think i like other superheroes <laughs> i and you know bad me i haven't seen the new spider-man yet far from home i i mean i caught the the the, the uh the last avengers movie the end game and yeah that was so good but i know i have to see far from home and that's the the last in the in this series of marvel movies so bad me maybe i'll do that sunday i know i like to keep sundays for laziness lazy sunday when i go lazy out at the movies here i am again talking about (laughs) marvel movies and superheroes i guess you know you think about superheroes and it's it's people that are more than you more than yourselves it's what people can become but it's also a metaphor you know the the superheroes if you listen to stan the late stan lee when he was talking about his superheroes he he always related them to you know that spider-man was a you know just a kid who was a loner and always kept to himself he was quiet and kind of a nerdy kid then he got these powers and broke out and be you know put the mask on and became more than he was but when he took the mask off he was back to being trying to be a normal kid live a normal life with a girlfriend and family you know his aunt may and stuff so yeah it's uh superheroes and and the books and the comic books uh, you know i grew up on them and i'm sure a lot of people uh, you know i know a lot of people grew up on superhero comics and saturday morning cartoons and uh the the super friends and anybody who watched the super friends on saturday morning would know the 
this Inekchok. Yeah, I don't even have to say who that is. If you've seen the Super Friends, you know what that is. <laughs> All right, party people, let's get into it with Ethan Bailey. Ethan Bailey, I don't even have to call him. Uh, he, like I said, he met up with me over at the the Hardys in Russellville, Arkansas. We took a break and had some food. So let's get into it with Ethan Bailey now. Ethan Bailey, welcome to the show. What's up, man? What makes you famous? You are famous, man. You're, uh, you're famous know, man. to somebody, anyway. You got a family that loves you. Yeah. People that that yeah. need you around. I got my boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got your boy. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Ethan Bailey, history buff, uh, crystals. You're into rock climbing and stuff like that, and, and yep. finding finding treasures. But uh, you're into a lot of different things, man. Yeah, and, and, you, and the world is fascinating, and, and you have a, a good take on it. So tell the people, just a little bio of who you are, Ethan Bailey. Well, uh, this burger's kind of messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're sitting here in Hardy's at Russellville doing this recording. We got some people in the background, and it might sound like a lady in the background, but it's an old dude, man. I like that. <laughs> it's an old I like dude, that. man. It's an old dude. And he's... He's talking loud on his phone, so it might be in the background a little bit, but I think we'll be fine. We we're, we're, yeah. we got our lavalier mics pretty close to our talking holes, and yeah, man. Uh, we're gonna have some uh, we're gonna have some lunch while we're doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm just a normal old dude from Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. Is that a small town? It's a super small town. I think it's a thousand thousand people. Thousand people in Greer's Ferry, so everybody knows everybody. If you know where Heber Springs is, it's on the other side of it. Well, lake. you imagine there's people all over the world, somewhere yeah. in Arkansas. So is it still central Arkansas, or is it more of a northern Arkansas? It's like north central. North central. Yeah. So heading towards the top of the state. Yeah. And what can you do in Greer's Ferry? Go to the lake and go fishing. I, it's summertime right now, and I've heard people going to the lake and whenever they mention the lake it's usually Greer's Ferry Lake yeah. is that right? Yep. So does the population double, triple during oh, the summertime? Man. It gets so bad you can't uh, use your phone. Your cell phone service just drops completely. That is hilarious. Yeah it's terrible. Terribly hilarious. Very funny. Yeah. I guess a small town would have that problem if they had a certain amount of tourism. And you do. I would say about around around about five thousand people come during like holiday weekends to our side of the lake. Yeah. And it gets pretty bad. But it really it really ain't that bad though. Alright, so during the week it's pretty calm, Greer's Ferry. But then on the weekends, uh, what opens up? Do do many businesses kind of pop up? Oh yeah. Um, food I, trucks. I actually have two friends, uh, the Galizis. They uh, have two food trucks that they park outside of a, a little hobby store, and they make a killing over the weekend. It's pretty cool. A food truck? What kind of food truck? Just like a, I don't know, a small little 
food trailer. I don't know. They okay. just make burgers and stuff. Oh, well, American food. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. all, you know, burgers, fries, I guess, chips. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and you were telling me that before the podcast, that that was something that maybe you'd want to delve into. Oh, man, yeah. Get in a food It'd truck. That'd be cool, man. What kind of food would you want to... Uh, Either a food truck or that uh, selling necklaces and stuff like that. Take it to a concert. Well, let's go there. Yeah, man. You sell necklaces. What kind of necklaces do you do? Uh, uh, arrowhead necklaces and crystal necklaces and stuff like that. Now, how do you come about these things? I go out to Mount Ida, Arkansas. Dig up my own crystals and stuff. And Mount Ida sounds even smaller than Greer's Ferry. <laughs> it's really not. It's, it's by Hot Springs. Okay. Hot Springs would be a further south, maybe south central Arkansas is is Hot Springs, and Mount Ida is around there. It's a little bit, a uh, little bit west, closer. Closer to Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, I think I've been out that way. Yeah, I went to to Mena. Um, Will, for, yeah, I went to Mena, Arkansas, which, and I think I was on a mountain called Wilhelmina. And if you looked off the mountain, you could pretty much see Oklahoma. Is that where Mount Ida is around that area? Yeah, somewhat. Don't get me lying, man. Don't get, <laughs> don't get me lying on you. Ah, geography. This is called Fuzzy Geography, featuring Ethan Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> and Keys Dan. <laughs> no, nah, man. So, uh, so primarily, what were you thinking about discussing? Because the, the, the crystals were really interesting to me. Uh, you know, you pulled out a few crystals that you had that were raw. Yeah, and, man. And then you have one crystal that you're wearing as a necklace. Yeah, man. And what does that do for you, Ethan I, Bailey? I'm not real sure. A lot of people think it has to do with good energy and stuff like that, but I just think they look cool. All right. I have a crystal in the Florida Keys. It's a pretty eclectic place. I'm from the Florida Keys, which is where Keys Dan comes from, in case you haven't heard this podcast before. But by now, you should probably know that. Um, there was a, a a medium. She called herself a kind of a health, a, a faith healer, a medium, a Wiccan. I'm not sure what category she was in, but she sold crystals amongst other things. And I went in there to the to her shop because she seems pretty nice, and and I've always enjoyed her company when I've, when I've seen her on the streets. Yeah, but. I went into her shop, and she said, choose a crystal. And I picked one, and I thought it was pretty nice, and I started to go, go from her wallet. And she says, no, it's yours. That's the one you chose. That's the one that chose you. You needed that one for your energy. So I said, how are you making any money if you're giving away crystals? She <laughs> goes, no, no, I can afford to give you this one. Is that something that you do? Where you gift these things, or are you making them to, to sell? I, I make necklaces to sell and stuff like that like super it's super easy yeah to do but all my friends have got them for free but that's just because they're around me all the time hey don't tell people that they're easy to make (laughs) (laughs) you could charge more (laughs) no i'm good at i'm good at what i do though okay so making the necklaces is it wrapping them with string or gold Uh, or uh, copper wire copper wire or any wire that people choose, like blue, red. Yeah, the one that he's wearing on his necklace, it's uh, it's it's on a, a string. And I'll try not to make you hit the lavalier mic too much, because that, oh, that causes a lot of... But there's there's some weights, it looks like. Yeah, little, uh, oops, sorry, little uh, beads. And then copper wire, it's super simple. But and it's so pretty. It yeah. is so pretty, man. And 
I noticed you don't keep it on top of your shirt. You keep it really close to your skin. And the person that I was talking about in the floor in Key Largo, she told me to keep it pressed right to my skin. Yep. And she says that will channel some energy. I'm yep. not. Sh- I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not sure if it does, but it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the ancients had it figured out. I don't really think we know. We've got. We use so much modern technology that kind of forgot our past really yeah and that leads us into the next portion of the discussion the ancients good segue ethan bailey (laughs) yeah man i think you've done this before man you've talked about this kind of thing you've fascinated me yesterday when we were uh, riding home i I, I went ahead you know while we were parked i pressed the record button (laughs) and then i put it in the dash and i did not touch my electronics while we were driving home see do not touch your electronics while you're driving. This is a public service message from Keys Dan and the What Makes You Famous podcast. Yeah, man. So, in that little 45-minute deal, which I think we got 48 minutes, I, I got a little insight on what you're into, the ancients, studying ancient cultures, and it fascinated me. Now, that uh, audio wasn't so great, but I am going to put it at the end of this podcast. It's kind of a supplement. If you want to listen to it, I'm, I'm cleaning it up a little bit. And making it sound, you know, give some quality. But now you're going to structure it a little bit more about the ancients. Ancient histories is what you're into, Ethan Bailey. That's Tell right, Tell the people what about, man. All right. Well, we started off with crystals. Uh, we might as well finish on that. Mm-hmm. Or start on that anyway. Sure. Let me see. Uh, okay. Where was I uh, at? Right now, you're digging through your phone, digging looking through my for phone. some pictures. Digging through my phone, man. Uh, all right, quartz crystals. When I said the ancients had it figured out, yeah. Well, we kind of use crystals today, like with watches and stuff like that. Like I was saying yesterday. Yeah. But um, that's about all we use them for. We don't really understand the properties they use. I think the ancients did, and they used them kind of like like beacons like uh like telephone poles like how we use telephone poles today but mm-hmm. wirelessly mm-hmm. the reason why i say that is because every culture around the world every ancient culture used the same building techniques used the same kind of stone rocks like uh, andesite quartz diorite granite why did they use these building materials well they contain a lot of quartz like uh, granite and diorite they contain a lot of quartz and i think they figured out how to channel this energy through, like, kind of like how we use roads. Mm-hmm. Like how you just want to go someplace, and you don't even realize that you're that you're picking up on this energy. Okay, I, I'm just following the road. It's been laid out. Exactly. Well, if you follow ancient roads at all, if you look like look at a, an ancient site from above, it kind of looks like a computer chip has been laid out. I have it's, seen that. It's super weird. But it's pretty cool. And not only just in one part of the world, like Giza looks like a processing chip on a motherboard. Anchor Wat, it looks like a motherboard itself, how it's laid out. You said Kawat? Anchor Wat. Anchor Wat. <sighs> well, anyway, mm-hmm. the reason why I bring this up, and there's Greece, Mexico, Teotihuacan in Mexico, 
Who in Mexico? Teotihuacan in Mexico. Teotihuacan. It's in Mexico City. That's like Uncle Tiquitan. <laughs> yeah. Teotihuacan, yeah. Well, anyway, that pyramid there, there's a lot of weird things that correlate between that and the Egyptian pyramid. Right. Like uh, they have the same base perimeter down to like the foot. And that's all the way across the world. Once in southern Mexico and once in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And had no contact. And they pretty much, well... Do we know they had no contact? Yeah. Well, supposedly, mm-hmm. what we've been taught in school, we haven't right. learned that. So, uh, well, anyway, the Egyptian pyramid, it's like... There's a mathematical formula for it. It's like a two times pi high or something, mm-hmm. or four times pi high. It's the height of the pyramid in Egypt. Sure. Well, the one in Mexico is exactly half that tall, so two times pi high or whatever. How? But And they have the same base perimeter, so it's almost like exactly half the structure. And it's built out of... Uh, this rock, it's like a mica, I think, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's, they normally use this stuff to uh, make oven glass to withstand, like, thousands of degrees heat, of yeah. heat. Yeah. Well, when you look at it from above, it really does look like a computer chip. Really. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Let me see here. Other other things that I was talking about. Yeah, let's give some examples of of what what you're trying to get into here. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason why I know so much about this is I wanted to know how to move huge blocks. I could not figure out how they did it. I still don't know how. Yeah, yesterday we mentioned the Coral Castle. I've been yeah. there. It's a, I've never been there. It's an amazing awesome. place. This guy. You know, buck fifty, maybe one hundred fifty. No. no, no, not even one hundred fifty pounds. Maybe I think it was like ninety-seven pounds. He's he was fifty. Little guy, like fifty years old. Little guy, fifty years old in Florida in the heat. The biggest block he moved was 30, nine thousand pounds. No, it was thirty tons. Thirty tons. Thirty tons. Okay, that might have been one of the walls. Sixty. Because they had that pounds. door that was yeah. nine thousand pounds. And it's pivoted. It's it's this coral door. It's amazing. If you get the chance, look up the Coral Castle in Florida. You'll see all these places where he perched himself. He he had places that were, you know, led out to astrological planes and things like that. And very spiritual. But he's moving these corals, these coral rocks that are amazingly heavy. Many, he, he had them shipped by train to a field and moved them from there, supposedly by himself, to many miles away, oh, to yeah. the Coral Castle. Yeah, yeah. How, and this is things that you were trying to get into. Yeah, well, that's the only megalithic uh, site that, well, modern megalithic site that has ever been really constructed. Mm-hmm. So, there's like one out in South Carolina, but it was done with modern machines. Mm-hmm. And he says he did it with ancient techniques, and he did it in secret, so... Yeah, he had passed away by the time I got there. To to uh, it was a tourist uh, a, a trap or a tourist spot. Yeah, and they had said that the door, nine thousand pound door, had fallen <laughs> off of its axis. So to get it back on there, they had had the biggest crane available, put it back on its axis, and he did it by himself, a yeah. hundred pound man. Yeah, it was it's crazy. Well, anyway, I think he figured 
out how the ancients did it. Mm-hmm. He says that in his journal. Okay. The main main thing he says, uh, excuse me, he says, uh, I figured out the ways of the ancient Egyptians. Mm-hmm. So that turned me to ancient Egypt. And I think that is the key to all cultures is ancient Egypt because it's... It's the Mecca. It's uh, the great, the Great Pyramid. People go and are in awe. Now that's a place I haven't been, but I'd like to go. I'm definitely. But they're in awe of these amazing feats of of skill and strength. And you figure, okay, maybe if a hundred men or a thousand men. Uh, we're pushing these stones across these logs. How'd they get there? How'd they do it? I don't think they did it like you that. You don't think they did it that way? It would take them too long, if you think about it. If you calculate it, they would have to move, uh, I think, somewhat, something along the lines of like six six blocks per minute to get it done in the time period, they said, which is kind of impossible, <laughs> I think. It's not impossible. Egyptians but, had a lot of slaves, you know? Yeah, but... I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it, but I don't think it could be done in the 20-year span that they give it credit for. What's your theory? I think it was done way, way older. Same with the Sphinx. Mm. The Sphinx. I, I take all my um, credit from learning all this from uh, Robert Schock, mm-hmm. the geologist, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Duvall, the ar- archaeoastronomist, mm. um, Graham Hancock, the journalist, and uh, Randall Carlson. Ge- another geologist. No, I've heard Robert Schock talk for, for, for talk for sure. Yeah, Graham Hancock though he's he's probably my favorite references. I would say. What did he do? Well, he's just a journalist. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he has a whole a totally different outlook on ancient history, yeah. how people were and are. It's it's cool if you get a chance look him up. It's pretty cool. His name is Graham Hancock. Okay, well, and what did he teach you? Well, anyway, some of the things I've learned uh-huh. from him um, or from his videos or podcasts or whatever. Yeah, still looking through your phone. Still, still looking, got Still some, got pictures. Some reference material. Okay, well, this is about the Great Pyramid alone. Right. Well, anyway, you take the coordinates from the Great Pyramid itself, and it, if you just, it says 2.29.979 four five eight no degrees north sure all right speed of light is twenty nine nine seven nine two four five eight and meters per second <laughs> but they didn't know anything about meters back then that was their royal cubit you get the same measurements but i thought we came meters. up with a royal cubit was a it uh, is about a foot it point is eighty five yeah but it's still using the metric it's mm. not like feet like how we use feet Right. Still in decimal form. Sure. Okay. Well, anyway, and how it's another thing about it is this. This is really cool. If you draw a circle around it, around the a circle around the pyramid, pyramid, a perfect circle, a circle touching the inside faces of the pyramid, that is the symbol for the speed of light itself. Like that's our symbol that we came up with. Now, do you think that we came up with that symbol because of this? No, because of our uh, aerodynamics when we uh, bursted through the sound barrier. Sure. Well, anyway, now... Speed of sound or speed of light? Speed of sound. Speed of sound. Speed of sound. That was the speed of sound. So those circles, a circle within a circle is the speed of sound. Yeah. A symbol, okay. With that triangle. But, well, anyway, well, the square 
the pyramid is eight-sided too, so that has a lot to do with the measurements too. There's a lot of key measurements that you got to remember. Like yeah, you mentioned that the, the pyramid was eight-sided, but you could only see it at what point? During the summer solstice, one day, one day a year, or two days a year, maybe. Now, what what makes it eight-sided? Because all I see is four sides when I see it. It's slightly concaved on the on each side. So, like in the on the top, like an, it all the way com- comes in. It, all right, take your four sides mm-hmm. and then split them again into halves. Sure. And that's eight sides. And that's eight sides. Like, uh, let me see here. Oh, not that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Let me see. That ain't it. Here we go. Nope. Nope. Let's see. Boom. Like this. See what I mean? Yeah, you have your, your pyramid. And it's not just the four sides, but each triangle of the pyramid is split in half as well. Creating, so you're saying that creating that, perfect right triangles. So that bounces out a little bit on the pyramid. So it's not just the, the main big four sides. There's also a split in the middle that yeah. comes out a little bit. Absolutely. And that's eight sides. It, it doesn't come out. It goes in. Oh, okay. So it's, it, it's con- con- concave. Concave, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for that explanation, Ethan well, anyway, Bailey. Yeah, and the only time you can see it is when the light hits it at a certain angle mm-hmm. on the summer solstice, which is like June 21st through the 23rd. Yeah. Which uh, which is pretty cool. I missed it this year. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have to shoot for next year. Absolutely, man. There's another pyramid uh, in Chichen Itza, I think. Chichen Itza? I think so. Is that Mexico? Yeah. Somewhere in South America? Yeah, it's... Uh, I think it's a Mayan pyramid. I, I can't remember. Or an Aztec pyramid. I think it's a Mayan pyramid. But it's slightly, uh, it's not turned like facing, like all four sides facing like the cardinal points like the Great Pyramid is. It's slightly turned offset to all the directions. And when the, when the summer solstice happens, mm-hmm. the sun rises and it looks like their serpent god is literally a physical representation of their serpent god going up to the top of the pyramid and then when the sun sets later on that day you can see the serpent coming down on the staircase come on with the shadow effect these people were in touch with the sun in touch with astrology yep that kind of thing well anyway so you say mayans or aztec did we figure it out i think that's mayans i can't well they were responsible for that calendar and the world ended in 2012 (laughs) yeah i'll tell you yeah but that was pretty freaky (laughs) But uh, anyway, the reason why I say all this, Egypt, Egyptian architecture is not the only, like, I got to looking at the certain building style. Mm-hmm. If you look at, uh, like, the outside walls of Egypt, it, like, you could take a picture really close up to it, and you couldn't really see that as a pyramid, mm-hmm. and you would be thinking you would be staring at a wall in Peru, South America. Because of similar building styles. Because it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. Then you can do the same thing to the walls, to certain walls in Greece, Japan, China, Easter Island, and another... And these people never had contact with each other no, that we know of. That we know of. Another thing is the uh, removal of stone like out of their quarries. Okay. You see these shovel-looking marks? It kind of looks like they took a shovel through mud, but it, the mud is being the rock, solid rock. Right. And that is over two or two or three million cubic feet of rock taken out of a cave in China. 
This is China. Yeah, this is in China. Is some red, they, they red did, rock, or is that lights that are turning it red? This, that, those are lights. Okay. Well, anyway, this was actually underwater for about two thousand years, give or take, until a, a farmer found it, a rice farmer. So they pumped it out. Sure. And found this huge complex, and this is only one room that you're looking at. This complex hap- like goes on for. Like, I think 12 more rooms just like that. So this is an ancient cavern, man-made... Man-made cavern. Man-made cavern in China that a a rice farmer found. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Well, anyway... I'm looking at columns. Do you see the clear marks, the lines? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I seen those, and I was like... I I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I've seen those before. So I looked at this picture in Peru, and I seen them again. The scoop marks right there. That's the scoop marks that I've seen. And then I was thinking, man, I've seen those again somewhere else. And I was looking in Easter Island on this cave wall. And this is in Egypt. Same scoop marks. And that's underneath their biggest obelisk. So there's only so many kinds of tools that you can build that are used to, to build these and this is things solid, or excavate. This is solid granite. Is, is that important? Granite is like that. I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's an, it's an 8 in hardness. The okay, only thing and that, diamonds would be the 10. Diamond, yeah. Okay. So how do you excavate granite using hand tools? That's, that's the point that... I'm trying to make... Ah, this is the mystery. This is the mystery. I don't see how they... The, they say they only had copper tools. Right. So Copper would have bent all crazy. Yeah, and then you look at these marks, these construction marks on there. It's almost like they could either soften stone mm-hmm. or cut it in such a way that it, it was so easy to them, like with a laser. Well, diamonds can be cut. And, yeah. And, yeah. I've seen... You know, where, where they use a chisel or something to get a diamond cut. Eh. What kind of a chisel? What, what are they, what are they using you, to cut diamonds? How you cut a diamond is different. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how, how that's done, but you'd have to be able to use a similar tool to cut something a little less hard. Look, look at this. This uh, this is really cool. This is a uh, just on a plate, actually. Yeah. Anyway, he's showing me these uh, this picture of a plate. It's is it square or is it rectangular it's, like it's that? Round. It's just a plate. Oh, like round, a round plate. plate with anyway, eyes. It and has eyes and what look like old flutes or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just kind of a, a representation of a maybe a musical instrument of some yeah. kind. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, those if you look like inside the eye, you can actually see the drill marks pushed down and moved around kind of like on a CNC machine. Well, anyway... What's a CNC machine? A CNC machine. Did we ever... Is that the water? Did we ever press our luck? I did. I did not. You can always do it later. Okay. um, But anyway, a CNC machine, pretty much you can program... Like, say you wanted a perfect... Do it it now. A perfect face. An hour hour from now. Sorry about this. We're punching out for lunch. (laughs) We're punching numbers. Still hanging out here at Hardee's in Russellville with Ethan Bailey having our lunch while we're talking about ancient things, man. Yeah, man. All right, we're back. And we're back. (laughs) And I'm back, man. 
Well, anyway, a CNC machine kind of works like a like it takes all the air out of human hands. Okay. Like when you work with your hands, you have like even if you're a professional, like the master craftsman. Okay. There's still going to be error in your work. It'll be very small error, mm-hmm. but a CNC machine sometimes you'll have error, sometimes you won't. Uses like, what? Say say you want to make a completely transparent face. When mm-hmm. I say transparent, I mean you can take a picture of it, a clear picture of it, and then turn it over on itself and have no flaws. That's exactly what these the Egyptian statues. That's exactly what you can do with the Ramses statue. If you take a picture of it, it is completely transparent down to the thousandth of an inch. All right, I looked it up. It says something about like a, a laser printer yeah. or, or a, like a 3D printer. Absolutely. So it kind of c- cuts using a lie, a lathe, a, a scale, and that's what a CNC machine does. Uses a scale yeah. to kind of cut with precision. And, and judges depth. In too. precision. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Good. Well, well, anyway, we got that down. Yeah, we got that down. Anyway, the Egyptians knew, knew how to use these tools, or not the Egyptians. I think there was a culture way beyond, but we're not going. Mm, we're no, not, go for it, man. Uh, we man. can go for it. All right, well. I'm, hey, I'll say aliens. We got aliens? <laughs> no, no, man, I don't think so. But uh, it's not out of possibility for us to have figured it out and just right. forgot it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's happened many times before. Where you know, you, what is it, the Romans? They knew about aqueducts, and then they forgot about it. Yeah, you know, type thing. Yeah, but this this is a uh, granite stone in, in Russia. Okay. How do you drill that shape? I do not know how you it's drill a, a hexagonal. <laughs> looks like let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven pointed star into a, a granite rock. Now is that in depth? That is like about, a hole. That is a hole all the way through the rock. How do you do this? <laughs> you do perfect. Yeah, that's not it's, a drill bit. It's pretty crazy. It is. And granite is like a very brittle rock. Once you get it, once it's at its final state of, like how we walk on it today, or like how you use it for countercups. Like if you hit it with a hammer, it could fracture and chip off. Yeah, so that's, that's it's kind of brittle. Is that solid granite? Well, yeah. That you used these, for the, the countertops? Yeah. These, but that's the hardest substance, or close to one of the hardest, close, hardest substance. Close but, to it. But once you use it in manufacture, it becomes brittle? No. What I'm saying is, once it's like once it comes out of a, being formed, once mm-hmm. it forms in the ground, mm-hmm. once it gets to where, like, what we walk on and what we use for countertops, it's already at its hardest place it'll, like, its hardest state it'll ever be. Sure. So, when it's that hard, it's super easy to fracture. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, uh, so it won't fracture in a straight line, but it'll fracture in well, shards. Well, you know, when you uh, pour concrete in the first, like, hour, it's still soft. Sure. And you can bend it and move it. Well, once it hardens and you uh, try to move it, and then it cracks. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. It's super easy to break. All right. Are we going with the earthquake proof? Because you mentioned that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all these structures, like in uh, Peru, China, uh, Japan, Egypt, Greece, uh, the Belize uh, structures in the Philippines, all these structures all around the world 
not just those sites that are named, almost every ancient site has the same building technique, same structures, and they're all earthquake proof. That's why they are still standing to this day. Yeah. Now, the main reason why the Grand, the Great Pyramid is still standing, because Egypt sits on one of the biggest fault lines in the world. And it's sand. And it's sand. <laughs> and know? it's built on sand. Yeah. Well... Not really. Not okay. So there, there is hard ground underneath. Well, no, there is a man-made cavern system underneath the Giza Plateau that you've never even heard or learned about. I'm just learning about it right now from you, Ethan Bailey. There's only, uh, I think, six, maybe, maybe six accounts of it being written down through throughout history. Mm -hmm. I think a Roman actually uh, drew it out on a map or something like that. It's, it's pretty cool to go into, but I'm not. I don't really know that. Okay, but there's a cavern. Underneath the pyramid, and then Giza. under, and then under and that, there's a uh, an aqua an aquifer too. Underneath that, underneath that uh, sandstone base, there is a aquifer underneath that. Potable water, yeah. people can drink. Well, it's water fluctuated by the Nile, runs mm. through it, so it's constantly. Well, that's important in the desert. Well, anyway, <laughs> there, there's something about the Great Pyramid that is just amazing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a machine. You think that's where they snuck their, they kept their water supply? No, no. No, absolutely. nothing to do with that. No. Okay. Because the whole Nile yeah, you Valley the Nile will, over there. Will, would flood every year. It didn't, like, it used to flood all the way up to the pyramid itself until, like, the late or the early 1900s. They built a, uh, a dam. Yeah. And... So the Nile used to go all the way up to the pyramid. Yeah, there's like pictures of it. There's black and white pictures of it being like right at the Sphinx or and right at the base of the pyramids. It's amazing. You yeah, always expect cool. the desert to be barren. Yeah, just barren. Well, anyway, what I was what I was getting at. Please. These uh these structures are all done in the same way. Which, like, you know how we build our brick houses. They're, like, made out of super small bricks. And there's just a lot of them put together by mortar. Sure. Well, You're anyway. not talking about cinder block. You're talking about... Well, even cinder blocks. Okay. Even cinder blocks, when you do that with mortar, mm -hmm. you're creating its own weakness. Mm -hmm. It's super hard to us and, like, wind. Sure. But to earthquake, it, it fractures and breaks because the ground underneath is vibrating at a frequency that the building itself cannot vibrate altogether. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you have a solid stone, the earth will make that vibrate. It'll either match it or break it. Yeah. So anything solid and freestanding will just shift, not not break, in other words. So using regular bricks, uh, the, the regular rectangular brick that you would see, uh, for the most part, it, there that's not very earthquake-proof. No. You would have to have bricks of a different well, shape, well, maybe? Well, no. If they were solid and there was enough of them with no mortar, then it would stand a lot better than a brick house, per se. Hmm. Like, if you just had a pile of them. A pile of bricks that were shaped into a house, no mortar. If it was completely solid all the way from the front door to the back door. If it was completely solid, it would not hurt it as bad as an empty house. You oh, see yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. It's like a, a shell. Of, it's like, a, yeah, a it's like putting an egg on top of a, the hood of a Jeep mm -hmm. going down a, a trail. That's basically what you're doing with building a, a brick house like I'm that. totally lost on this egg. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like an empty shell putting on like I know that an egg if you, if you hold it one way if you hold it upwards it's the strongest thing in the world you can balance no, yourself that, on the that, top that, of it but saying. if you put it sideways yeah you can crack it easy <laughs> yeah well anyway brick houses are like a sideways egg I guess okay but uh all these ancient structures are probably the strongest things that have ever been built and that's why they still stand to this day no kidding yeah no kidding. because they match the frequency whatever it is of the, the world itself at any given time so the world's at a frequency so even if say uh say the 
you have a 9.9 .9 earthquake. The world, I mean, the earth is going to vibrate at a certain frequency. Well, anyway, the Great Pyramid, being mortarless, it gives the it gives the blocks room to shake and move and vibrate at that frequency. But they won't move out of place because of the way they're delayed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I want to make a pyramid and build it and <laughs> yeah. use it as my house. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want it to ever fall. No, it's not too bad. Yeah, but uh, the, the the walls in Peru though, those are the ones that captivate me the most because they're like either they'll use five ton blocks or five pound blocks yeah they looked like they were just haphazardly put in there it was like uh, the foreman said hey go find me a block that'll fit in this spot yeah go find or, me a block that'll fit in this spot or they shaped it to each other there is some shape to it but it doesn't look like it was extremely it, it, that's a shape it's haphazardly you say you have a, a square that's two foot by two foot or yeah. two foot by four foot and you just matched it up next to another one that was two foot by three foot you know yeah. and but this is uh this is why i say it's not haphazardly that's a jaguar ah and then if you step away from the wall you have an image of a of a jaguar yep that was purposefully with the colors of the stones built into this deified wall into this wall it's it's pretty cool how they did that this. is pretty cool what and, and where, where was that one? That one's in Peru. That one's in Peru. In Cusco, Peru. Okay. And this one is another stone. It has uh, 13 sides. If you go close to it, there's 13 sides. Like they etched. Okay. They, no, okay. This, the, this block is like this wide. Okay. But it still looks like the foreman. It's almost like they are melted together. Okay. Almost. Okay. All right. But it looks like the foreman said, hey, here's a hole. Can you just etch something and jam it into that hole? Yeah, but if you uh, try to slide a human hair through those walls, it's impossible. Mm. Because the way the ground shakes and how the, how old these walls, they have came together in such a way they cannot be broken. It's, it's super, it's wild. It is wild. And that one's where? That one's in Peru. Now there, this, okay, the Peru. Now, the Peruvians got it, man. Now in... Uh, and that, and same picture that we're looking at. Sure. You have these little no nodes mm -hmm. that are coming out of the wall, kind of like little handles. But why would you have just one little handle on one rock? And it's not even in the best like picking up spot. Right. So not good for right climbing so, either. So they're not good for like picking up and moving, or even tying something to it. What well, in Egypt? on the smaller pyramids. Okay, we have a person standing next to the, the wall to give, to give it some kind of a, 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 a scale. A scale, And there's a wall that's about three quarters of a person high uh, per block. Yeah. And it goes up many, many, many blocks. Yeah, it goes up about, um, I would say, right at 400 feet right now. Okay. The pyramid does. That one does. And that's an Egyptian pyramid. Yeah, absolutely. And it has the same nodes coming out of the stones as it does in Peru. As the one in Peru. And they don't know each other. And they don't. That we know of. That we know of. Mm. Now, the... I'm going back to space aliens. No, I don't think so, <laughs> I think it was a global culture. Okay. Because, and the reason why I say this is because of this picture alone right here. This was in Easter Island, you know, the, the heads, the big... Oh, yeah. Big Moai dudes. heads. Moa? The Moai. Moai. Well, anyway, people don't know, but they have a, a body, arms, and even feet. Mm. With the feet buried or something? Yeah. Well, they're usually buried up to their chest and soot, mm. which takes thousands of years. Yeah. So they're dating on that, I don't believe at all. But uh, this is a site in Gobekli Tepe. It's the oldest site that we know of, well, that they give credit to. And uh, the pillars on it, look at the hands. That's an Easter Island. Look at that same it's the same thing i mean you're seeing it so on easter island and then the other one is in modern day turkey 
in Which, Turkey. In Iraq, basically. Oh, my. Yeah. And they're very similar. Very similar. Even the big round thing on the top matches the T-shaped columns that those are. And that Gobekli Tepe it's wild. is like, I would say, the like, imagine Stonehenge being a circle, like, you know, Stonehenge, and then times that by 200, because that's how many stone circles are still in the ground at Gobekli Tepe that haven't been uncovered. And Gobekli Tepe is where? It's in Turkey. In Turkey. In modern-day Turkey. Where's Stonehenge? Stonehenge is in England. England, somewhere in England. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I thought that was what it was, but why would are they the, the same kind of no, cultures? No. Uh, the Gobekli Tepe is like five to 6,000 years older mm. than the Sumerians. Yes. So it's like 13,000 to 14,000 years old. Okay. Which uh, Stonehenge, I don't, I don't know about the dates on Stonehenge because right. it's, it's debatable. Anyway... Let me show you some pictures here real quick. This this is pretty cool. Yeah, this is good for the what listening time, audiences. Uh, no, I got you. I got you. This is good for the listening audiences, uh, the, the pictures that you're showing to me. I'm trying my best to, to uh, describe what the pictures are. Okay, this is in Aztec right here. This is in New Zealand, ancient Egypt, and the Olmec in Mexico. And all these pictures are of monkeys? No, no it's, of, the, it's of their god. Oh, it's a god, it's yeah. It's a god riding... And they all look so in similar. A, ...in a celestial being, or a, a serpent, a feathered serpent of sort. Four completely separate Cultures. parts of the world, and they're very similar gods. It's like a guy riding something. Yeah, riding in like a small craft or something. Oh, there's the one true God right there. He's, yeah, he's, he's riding all over the place, man. It, another thing is these. This is that triptych symbolism I was talking about. Like uh, Masonic triptych the, temple. Like Freemasons don't know why they do this today. R- right. Like, they don't know where they get this knowledge from, but they just know it's important. Mm-hmm. Like we do it in our buildings today, like cathedrals, churches, and we don't know, we don't understand it, but the, the ancients. Three windows, three windows, three windows, three, a door and two windows. Or three, triptych. or three doors. Or three doors. Triptych. Or two pil- pillars. With it's pretty crazy. And this is in. This is pretty cool too. Pine cone, eternal flame. Like these are modern, some ancient. Oh dang it! I forgot where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. Well, anyway, we got that from the ancients too. I can't. I can't follow that. Not like I can these other ones. <laughs> All right. This is a. Uh, this is an Aztec depiction or a Mayan depiction. And it's still the of, same dude. Of God, kind of squatted, holding a bag. Holding a bag. Okay, Sumerian. I think that's Gucci. This is a, These are, okay. Time travelers. That's what it is. It's not ancient yeah, it's aliens. A, it's it's a, time travelers. It's either a Gucci bag or their handbag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, at Gobekli Tepe, that oldest site that we know of, there's that same bag. And oh my. And that predates that culture by at least six thousand years, and that culture by ten thousand years. This bag. I think they understood something that we do not yet understand, man. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure it out. Ethan Bailey, you, you got some. <laughs> You got something started here. You got a. Uh, you got some theories about just, just the theories. ancient world. Yeah, if, if and that's where you're at, man. That's I mean, where you're digging. Yeah. I mean, you're not just digging for crystals and quartzes and, <laughs> yeah. and pieces to, to make jewelry from, which is what you do. That's what you start start yeah, it's doing. It's a hobby. Uh, it's a hobby, and and it could turn into a, a job of sorts where you make a couple extra extra bucks, a little extra cheese on your burger. Yeah, man. Which I only say because we're still hanging out here at Hardy's in Russellville, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, man. And doing a chit chat, man, right here with. Ethan Bailey, man. Heck yeah. So tell the people what you want them to, to know about you, man. Uh, about how, how, do, how, how do they... How much time do we got left? Uh, oh, we got plenty. Don't worry. It, it's got the, it, there's an alarm on. Alarm. Yeah. Uh, well, hell, man. I, I graduated high school at Ingers Ferry, mm-hmm. Westside. 
Go Eagles. Go Eagles. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I went to college, realized I can't write where it's a crap, so. Yeah, but you've got <laughs> stuff that you need to start writing about. Man, you, you have things. If you can recite it, you can write it, you yeah. know, and... and there are a lot of text to speech. A lot of people don't know or don't have the time to type something out or write something out. But if you can talk it out, you can talk it out into your yeah. computer machine. I can probably do that, and then it'll come right out as a as a written word. It'd be cool, man. I would it love. Would to, cool. I would love to because I got so many ideas about this stuff that just vanish. Like I'll think of it one day, and yeah, and I'll be like, man, what did I think of? Ethan Bailey, start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's easy, man. If you got a phone. You have a recorder right on your phone, and you can start a podcast. Easy as pie, oh, man. man. I got. I, I don't have time, man. Uh, you think you don't have time. You just had about an hour well, yeah, this uh, is, of chit-chatting. <laughs> this is lunch. Uh, so, at lunch, man, while you're thinking about things, you could be talking about things. Yeah. A lot of times that during the podcast, I started the other podcast, the, the Keys Dan Show, and I did that because I want to learn things, and I'm some. I never. sometimes I don't have people to interview with, like yeah. I have you, Ethan Bailey. And I'm saying your name a lot because I want people to get it drilled in their head. Yeah, They're going to know about Ethan Bailey. And, and, you know, sometimes I don't have somebody to talk to, but I still want to learn something. So I'll go to a website and I'll find some some passages and, and kind of research some things. Like I did a, a podcast about Queen, my favorite band. Yeah, and man. I did a podcast about uh, about photography. You know, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite subjects is taking pictures of, uh, of things and people. And uh, and you could start a podcast about crystals and ancient oh, uh, civilizations no, and, and fishing. I noticed on your on your oh, on your yeah. Facebook, I was stalking your your Facebook, and, <laughs> yeah. and you have pictures of you fishing, man. So yeah, man, I'm a, there's I'm a, knowledge to I'm be had. I'm an, I'm an avid fisherman, yeah. for sure. So what kind of fishing do they have in Greer's Ferry? They have bass. <laughs> okay, because I'm from the Florida Keys, and fishing to me was sitting on a boat, put some poles in the water, and then have a sandwich and shoot the breeze. Yeah, that's, you about, know? that's about how it can be done. Most people that go say, there's there's no fish in that lake. But uh, I got you. I don't know, man. Hey, I'll a bad do. day fishing is better than a good day at work, right? That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely right, man. Now, uh, get out with nature, you I, know, com- commune with it. How I started fishing, man, uh, my dad, well, my grandpa, he was a guide. He was one of the first guides on Grish Ferry Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a guide. I was a guide. My brother was a guide. We know that lake probably better than anybody alive. <laughs> uh, why aren't you a guide, man? I, I was for a while, and then I moved to South Carolina. Yeah. But uh, now I'm back, man. Yeah, and welcome just, back. I, I love it. I love it here. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a good natural state, and I think that's the, the motto of, of Arkansas, the natural state. And, you know, in the Keys, it's, it was different. It had the ocean, and here it's all green, and it's it's beautiful. Fresh and it is, water. It is very natural. <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. And it's got some mountains, got some places to hike, some places. So I guess this portion of the show is, is uh, tourism for Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Come visit Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe oh, you can man. meet up with Ethan Bailey, and he'll teach you how to, to mine for crystals or, or no bow fishing. I, I could take you bow fishing. Bow fishing? Yeah, man. Wait a minute. You're fishing with a bow. See, I'm, I'm re-watching Arrow on uh, Netflix. Oh, uh, no, no. This uh, ain't nothing like that. This is more like bird hunting. <laughs> so you ever, you're taking an actual bow and arrow? Yeah. Compound bow? But you're shooting like maybe 10 feet at most. Still. That takes a lot of skill, it oh, seems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> like bird hunting. You uh, lead the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess it's it's attached to a string of some kind. Absolutely. And, and you have to and reeling yeah. it in. Yeah, the refractions, the refraction sucks, man. It's, it's what's terrible. a refraction? Like when you uh, stick your straw into a glass of water and you see how it bends. Oh yeah, yeah, it's that's, how, that's it's a how light, how you perceive light. Sure. 
and uh, you'll be shooting directly at a fish, and you'll be- miss it by a mile. Oh, that you fish gotta- was three feet away. Our, our motto is uh, aim low. Aim low. Shout out to Mike Fenner for that. Okay. Uh, All right. See? It, it, we're getting different facets of Ethan Bailey on the <laughs> podcast. I, I knew there was going to be something here. Oh, man. Uh, you know? It, uh, just hanging out here, having some lunch, and, and talking about things. Man, that that ancient civilizations—it it blows my mind. And you're saying that all these different people from all over the world are using pretty much the same tactics when they're building their their structures. Do you think that maybe there's only one way of building a structure to to make it last long? Like that? Yeah. Yes, I think that is the best way, and the way they. There's a reason why they did it that way. We so just, why are we, we doing it now? We don't understand why they did it like mm-hmm. that. And I think it was for uh, that energy that I was talking about with the crystals and stuff like that. And so crystals give you energy then? I think there's an unknown energy that we are not capable of figuring out. That we are just too blind to see type deals. So, so you can tap into the energy with yeah, the crystals? I think so. I think it's a, it's a part of it. It's a major part of it because all the cultures use the same uh, ingredients, so to speak. Hmm. It's pretty crazy, man. If you look into it, there's a lot to chomp on here, oh, man. man you, you've gotten give me a stuff, a lot of stuff to unpack, stuff that I have to research further. Maybe this Nikolai Tesla. Yeah, maybe this isn't Chris. Se- Chris Dunn. His okay. Up. You mentioned Nikolai Tesla, who Tesla, who I know, and I know a lot of people know. And then you mentioned Chris Dunn in the same breath. Who's Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn. He is a uh, an engineer. And uh, if you research his work, like type in Chris Dunn, ancient power plant, mm-hmm. and he'll show you why I think the, uh, the Great Pyramid was more used as a machine than it was ever like a cere- ceremonial site. I, right. I don't ever think it was a tomb. There's never been a body found in it. And it, it looks like a machine. It's constructed like a machine. I know because I've built mega machines. And, yeah. Uh, so give a little, a little back story on that. I worked Ooh. in a reactor. Uh, um, nuclear reactor. N- nuclear reactor. I helped build the low. Lower, lower unit in Unit 3, so, V.C. Summers. Big machines. Yeah, we got uh, shut down, though. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, it was big deal. Well, big deal. Hey. It's in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch the news, Sam. So, so maybe, Ethan, Bailey, you've given us food for thought. Um, you've given us some ideas of what is going through your head, and it's going to start other people's wheels turning yeah, I hope now. So. I hope so, man. I hope people actually realize like that you uh, you got to take this learning yeah. into your own hands, or you're not going to. You're just going to be spoon fed a whole bunch of. And if like-minded people want to get a hold of you, how, how would they like to? Uh, would you, you like to do you that? You can find me on Instagram. Instagram's and, the big one. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm bigger on Instagram than I am on Facebook. Yeah, I found your Facebook. I'll I'll find your Instagram, and I'll definitely put the the links in the show notes yeah. when I put this podcast up and. And man, Ethan Bailey, you you might find some people that are along the same path trying to figure out how come these ancient civilizations built things the same way, using similar blocks and similar styles, and why were they cut that way, and why... And how. Are, yeah, it's, it's and how. how. It's how. And how. How did you get the seven-pointed star like, uh, jammed right through a pile, a piece of granite? Yeah. So tough. This material, very tough. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, that's it's not a drill bit. You cannot drill a five, a seven pointed star through yeah. something. It has to go straight through. Yeah, and this is done perfectly. Or, or I guess it can be drilled. And then, oh, how deep was that? Uh, around eight, eight inches, I would say. Eight inches. Okay, so it could be a round drill and then etched afterwards with a different tool but it would have to be a, either a laser or diamond tip, tip, yeah. tip tool yeah it, it sounds very very interesting even, all right 
Yeah, man. There. As we're rounding this out, uh, Ethan Bailey, uh, any last words for the people? Hey, man, uh, just keep living. <laughs> <laughs> just keep living. Just keep hey, living, wait a minute. Man. When I had Matthew McConaughey, no way, that was in my dream. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's his, his the name no, of man, his. I, uh, hope, I hope we get to do this again, and uh, y'all just keep on, <laughs> keep on going out there, man. Like I said, man, look for the Ethan Bailey podcast coming real soon. I know you're going to do it, man. Because oh, yeah, you got, man. if you got knowledge, if you got ideas, if you're an interesting person, and you are, man, you said, I don't know. I'm just a regular country I'm, boy from I'm, Greer's I'm Ferry. Just a regular guy. Dude. Just a regular guy. Everybody has a story, man. Yeah. Ethan Bailey, you have a story. And there's so much more to this story that you haven't told. We're just scratching the surface, man. And yeah, we can do this again sometime. Ethan Bailey, you're the goods. That's it. What makes you famous? Ethan Bailey, last word. Over and out. There you have it, party people. Ethan Bailey. If you want to get a hold of Ethan Bailey, find him on the Facebook, find him on the Instagram. He says Instagram. He's he's more into that, so I'll definitely put the notes, uh, the links to his Instagram and his Facebook in the show notes, and you can find out more about this man who's, you know, he's he had questions, and he has questions, and he has hypotheses and, and theories about what happened in ancient times, how pyramids were built, and all over the world, the construction of these pyramids so similar and he showed me so many pictures of different brick building and how did that building no mortar but the bricks jigsaw puzzled perfectly together these bricks that weigh anywhere from five pounds to five tons how did they get moved so many miles yes you can have thousands of people trying to move this one brick but to move it 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 seems so impossible or improbable and I, i know that there's scientists that have said well yeah if you had this many people over that much time using these types of tools things can happen well he has ideas that that need answers and maybe we won't get those answers but it does give you food for thought it gives you pause it gives you something to think about so you might look up some of these ancient uh, civilizations and the theories that have been posed and all the ideas that are already out there will throw ethan bailey into the mix because he's out there he's out there collecting crystals he does that so he's some kind of a geologist where he likes to go out and get the crystals and wraps them in copper in intricate ways and he showed me some of the pictures of the the necklaces and the jewelry that he's made for different people some people commission him to do this jewelry and uh he's wearing he's you know his proof is in the pudding his his money's worth his mouth is any other cliches that you could throw at me he's wearing some of the jewelry that he has made himself just going out into well here's a a little stint for arkansas tourism uh come out to arkansas and mine for crystals you know and and i think arkansas is well from what i've heard don't quote me i'm not even gonna look it up arkansas is the last place that you could find diamonds in the country is that right is it the or is it the, the biggest place that you could find diamonds in the country i know there's something to do with that but you can diamond mine right here in arkansas (laughs) that's great you know and if you're not you know if you don't find any diamonds there's crystals there's other bobbles that you could collect and put together like ethan bailey does he just he wraps these things up in different wires and different colored wires whatever the uh, 
customer wants. That he he will co- do a, a commission just for you. So he's an artist. Oh, and plus he did show me some artwork. So there's so many more facets of Ethan Bailey. He's was a skater. He does martial arts. Uh, he showed me a video of him on Instagram where he's doing a backflip, a standing backflip. Uh, you know, the kid's athletic. He, I mean, 26 years old. All right, the kid's an athlete. <laughs> so, but uh, there's there's so much more to Ethan Bailey that he didn't get to. In fact, he because of time constraints, you know, he had only had an hour for for lunch. But he showed me so much more that that he has, and he says, "Man, that was fun. I want to do another podcast." Well, Ethan Bailey, we will do another podcast, and we'll talk about the other facets of your life. Oh yeah, plays guitar too. So. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> the kid's multifaceted. Everybody has a story. Everybody came from somewhere. You have a story. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You have a story. If you want to tell your story on the What Makes You Famous podcast, I encourage you. Give me a call, 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for this installment of the What Makes You Famous podcast. Thank you, Ethan Bailey, for coming on. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com. DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What? The music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The system of democracy was introduced 2,500 years ago in Athens, Greece. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Hey Keys Dan, what you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day, click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com.